Welcome to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. I'm Erin, pediatric sleep consultant and founder of The Happy Sleep Company. From catnaps to night wakes and regressions to teething, we cover all things baby sleep. With a passion for children's sleep, we're here to help tired families get healthy rest. Hi everyone, welcome back to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. Today is Q&A Tuesday. We've got some questions about, we've got a big question about a wedding coming up. And I find we usually get this around this time of year because we're getting into that season of the year and of life where there are weddings and there are cottages to go to and there are long weekends away and we want to enjoy all this stuff, but we also want to keep our babies sleep on track. And sometimes it can feel really unachievable, but it is achievable. And there's just sometimes a little bit of fancy footwork we have to do to get around the sleep schedule, but also go places and get out and have fun. So let's dive into today's questions. These are the top five questions or just in general, five questions that I pulled out of my DM box on Instagram this week. I'm going to share them with you. I'm going to go through the answers and hopefully it'll help out. And particularly that travel one that'll get you prepared for some things that are coming up in the summer. So the first question is about capping a nap. It's a quick one on a 16-month-old. So this mama says, our 16-month-old daughter has been sleeping great, but she recently transitioned to one nap, and I wonder if we should cap this nap. It's a long one. She didn't tell me how long it is, but I would cap the nap of a one-nap schedule at three hours. Now, there's a little asterisk next to this when I say it, because that's for this 16-month-old. When a child is around 16, 18 months and is first transitioning to one nap a day, I would cap the nap at three hours. I would let that child nap three hours. Some parents will feel they need to cap it at two or less, not at that age. I find the vast majority of 16, 18, 20 month olds are just fine with a three hour nap and still like a 7, 7 7.15 PM bedtime. They're still tired enough for that. So go ahead and let it be three hours. I will say that normally at this age, I put a child down for a nap at noon and I wouldn't let the nap go later than 3 PM. So if your child does some babbling, some chatting, some fussing for 15, 20 minutes and then goes to sleep, you might need to cap the nap a little shorter than three hours because we really don't want a child this age sleeping later than three o'clock in the afternoon for most children because otherwise it is going to start to negatively affect their ability to go to sleep easily at their normal bedtime. When a child gets to closer to two years of age, then yeah, you might have to start capping this nap a little closer to two hours. If you're finding, mm, it used to be three hours, used to be great, but now when I do a three-hour nap, my child is not tired in the evening and our bedtime is getting away from us. So around two, you might have to cap it at closer to two hours. And then around two and a half years of age, I would often cap the nap at an hour and a half. Now, every child's different, and if your two-and-a-half-year-old is still rocking a two-hour nap and having a good bedtime, then that's fine. But a lot of times around two-and-a-half to three years of age, we find if our child is still napping two-plus hours in the day, bedtime is getting away from us. It's getting late. It's getting difficult. So normally around two-and-a-half years, we do see that the nap needs to be capped at closer to an hour-and-a-half. And if your child is three-plus years, you may even need to cap it at an hour. They may still need their little midday rest, but it may need to be capped at an hour for them to be tired enough for a proper bedtime of you know somewhere between 7 and 8 p.m., depending on your child at around that age. 
And then usually if we're three plus and we've already started capping the nap at an hour and then we still start to see that our child is not tired enough for bedtime, that's when we will just drop the nap altogether. And that usually happens somewhere between three and four years of age. Next question is about a five-month-old who's up a lot. Desperate, tired mama here, Erin. We are up 10 times at night. Yes, this says 10 times, and I double-checked to make sure I didn't copy this question down incorrectly. It says 10 times. We are up 10 times at night with my five-month-old. I believe my son is on the smaller side and is a bit below weight for his age. Should I wait until his weight is up in order to do sleep coaching? It's a really good question. If you are at all concerned about your child's weight, or if you just have any questions or concerns in general about overnight feeds, removing overnight feeds, you can always check with your healthcare provider before you start any kind of sleep coaching that is going to involve removing some overnight feeds. But I never like for parents to think that the only options are removing all of the overnight feeds to do sleep coaching and get yourselves some good rest, or waking up 10 times at night. It's not that black and white, and it doesn't have to be one or the other. If I am working with a five-month-old whose parents and healthcare provider have confirmed they are below average weight for their age, and not just below average, but underweight, not on a proper growth curve for that individual baby, those are the keys. If their healthcare provider says they're not quite tracking where we want them to be with weight, they're not quite tracking where we need them to be on their growth curve, we do have some weight concerns we can do sleep coaching and keep an overnight feed and you can still be really successful with that. We don't want to remove the overnight feeds entirely from a baby who still needs them, but we also don't want that mama to still have to get up 10 times at night and that baby to not be getting all the proper rest that he needs. So you can do sleep coaching and keep an overnight feed. And certainly you can talk to a sleep consultant about that if you're embarking on sleep coaching with a consultant. What I will say is that When I'm working with a family who has a five, six plus month old who's a super healthy weight, there are zero weight concerns. The baby is on a great track on their growth curve. I would generally suggest that we are removing the overnight feeds because we can be confident that that baby can do the night without a feed at that point. So if we keep one for that baby, we're kind of just keeping a sleep crutch. And what is our whole goal with sleep coaching? To get rid of the crutches. So if we're keeping it from a nutritional perspective, because we're all very confident this baby still needs overnight calories, and Doc has confirmed this, then we're keeping it from a nutritional perspective. We still work really hard on keeping baby fully awake on that feed and putting them back in their crib awake after that overnight feed, because then we're still working on independent sleep skills, but we get those extra calories that we've confirmed they still need. If we're working with a baby who's a super healthy weight and at that right age, then keeping an overnight feed, again, just kind of confuses baby because it's like we offer a crutch one time, but not the other times that they wake up. It becomes confusing. It can make sleep coaching a bit harder, a bit tougher, take a bit longer and not be necessarily as successful. So there are instances when I would suggest it does make most sense to remove the overnight feeds as an important element of sleep coaching to remove any confusion for your baby. But at the same time, I never want parents to think, that if your baby still has weight concerns or is underweight or not on the proper growth curve, that you can't get great sleep. You can, and it's possible, and you can keep a feed as part of sleep coaching if that's something that's necessary. Next question is about an almost sort of toddler, my 13-month-old. My 13-month-old normally has two naps per day, but she is the flower girl in my brother's wedding. This is the one I was telling you about, where we have a wedding coming up. She's the flower girl in my brother's wedding next week, and it's at 3 p.m. What do I do for sleep? 
Do I skip her second nap altogether because the wedding is when the nap would normally happen? Do I let her nap way later in the day than usual after the wedding is done? It's a tricky one. And this is where, of course, there's going to be so many different scenarios for all of you listening who might have a situation like this coming up, depending on what time the wedding is at, how far it is from your house, if your child is in the wedding or just attending the wedding, lots of different scenarios. We have to go with the flow a little bit on a day like this. And especially if your child is already a really good sleeper, they're probably just going to be totally fine with whatever you end up doing. You use your parental instincts. You decide what's going to work best for your family in this very specific scenario, this one day, and it will just be one day. But since I have you here and since I've read out the question, for this specific situation, 13-month-old, two naps a day, normally naps around 3 p.m., but that's when the wedding is... This mom probably caps her child's morning nap at around an hour at this age to make sure that she'll still take a second nap. So probably the best scenario for that day is to just not cap the morning nap. Put your child down for their morning nap, let them nap as long as they'll nap, and then don't do a second nap that day for this older child, this 13-month-old. Just let them go to the wedding. They'll probably be really distracted by everything that's going on and kind of even forget that they're tired. And then if you can, try to get them down for a six o'clock bedtime that night. I know that might be tough because you are probably attending this wedding too and dinner is probably at 6 p.m. But maybe this is where we talk about like a grandparent on the other side of the family who's not attending the wedding taking care of your baby once dinner time rolls around so that they can put them down at a nearby hotel or if they live nearby at their house with them for a good early bedtime if we've only done one nap that day for a child who normally has two. But there are other options too. Maybe you do another nap later in the day. Maybe you do the three o'clock wedding. Your child is an adorable little flower girl. You finish up the ceremony around four and your child's really, really tired and cranky and you think it's going to be a disaster if you try to get them to go until six o'clock for bedtime without sleep. So maybe you put them in a carrier or a stroller and you stroll around while the newlyweds have their photos taken and you let her have an hour long nap. Do you normally let your 13-month-old nap until 5 o'clock in the afternoon? Probably not. On that day, is it going to be okay? And then just put her to bed for the night a few hours later. She's probably going to be really overtired or just really tired from from the day, but you got her that little rest from 4 to 5 o'clock, did a few hours of awake time, and then put her to bed for the night. That might be an option too. So you can see where there's a couple different options, and you can even just see how the day goes. But really let yourself do this stuff. Don't skip the wedding, you know, if you can help it. Don't skip the event or not go to that cottage that weekend because you think it's just going to totally mess up your baby's sleep. The best thing we can do is try, especially if we are in the early months and years of parenting and it's stuff we've just never even tried before and we've convinced ourselves it's going to be awful and go terribly. Might it be? Maybe. And if it is, that's going to stink, but it's one day or one weekend. And more likely, it's not going to be terrible. It's not going to be awful and it's going to go just fine and you're going to have fun and you're going to see other adults and socialize and that's really important for you. So make sure you're not skipping out on that stuff and we're just rearranging the schedule a little bit as needed to try to keep sleep on track while also getting out. Next question is about sleep training. Trying to do sleep training with my daughter When, if at all, is it okay to pick up baby to change their diaper? She always has a very wet diaper when she wakes up in the middle of the night, and sometimes she's leaked through. Should I change her, or will that disrupt sleep coaching? Moms, dads, 
always change your baby if they have leaked through their clothing or if they've pooped. Whether you are doing sleep coaching or not, super important. A, just because that's really uncomfortable. We don't want them to get a rash. We don't want them to be uncomfortable and be crying. You can, of course, and should change your baby during sleep coaching or not if they have leaked through or have a poop in their diaper. If you are doing sleep coaching or not, and you go in your baby's room at night to reassure them and you're like, oh shoot, you have leaked through your diaper onto your clothes or you have pooped, I can smell it or I can feel it in there. Um, We're going to try to make it as non-stimulating as possible, but we are going to change your baby. So you're going to, with as minimal light as humanly possible, maybe even just the light from the hallway, get the job done, get them out of their crib, change their diaper, get them nice and cozy again, give them a kiss and put them back in their crib and then continue on with whatever you normally would have done for a night wake. So yes, definitely changing that diaper. Do remember though that overnight diapers are a thing and they're a thing for a reason because once your baby starts doing well with sleep and sleeping through the night, we certainly don't want the full diaper or the leaky diaper to be the reason that your baby woke up when you've done all this work to do sleep coaching and get them sleeping through the night. So consider a true overnight diaper with some extra protection for the night rather than just a regular diaper. If your baby is one who just consistently pees through their diaper onto their clothing, a hack or a trick that some parents use is going one size up and double diapering. So two diapers overnight works for some families. But bottom line, yes, always change your baby if they've leaked through or pooped. But let them, you know, be okay to go the night in their diaper if it's a good overnight diaper and they have not leaked or pooped. And always put a really nice layer of you know, some kind of diaper ointment on your baby before you put them to bed every night so that even if they don't leak or poop, they still have that protection on their bum. You can get a nice natural option. I really, really love one called Substance by a company called Matter Company. That's one you can look at, but there's lots of different great options. And last question for today. Hi, Erin. What is the max daytime sleep you'd recommend for a seven and a half month old? She is currently doing around four hours of sleep in a day. Is that too much at this age? It's a really good question. I mean, a lot of times when parents contact us, their biggest concern is their baby gets almost zero daytime sleep and won't nap. But sometimes too much daytime sleep is the issue. For a child this age, around seven and a half months, some of them have already dropped to two naps a day and some are still on three. But no matter which they're on, two naps or three, usually around just four hours or slightly less daytime sleep is appropriate. And if we're getting more than that, more than four hours, we're probably going to get into disrupted nights because there's not enough sleep pressure. And it's definitely different by age. Newborns need loads and loads of sleep and might be getting like five to six hours of daytime sleep and still lots of sleep at night as well. When we are around sort of this five to seven, eight month mark, we're probably looking at more like four hours or slightly less for daytime sleep. And then at that eight month, nine month mark, when your child is really on a good two nap schedule, two two hour naps is normally fine. So four hours total. As your child gets closer to the 11 month mark, you will probably start to find once again that you need to cap naps a little bit shorter and that four hours of daytime sleep is probably too much to then expect your child to not have a disrupted nighttime sleep. So around 11 plus months, you might have to start to cut that back, that daytime sleep back to only about two and a half to three hours. 
And then when your child drops to one nap a day, again, uh, as I talked about recently on the podcast, usually we're maxing out daytime sleep at around three hours for that one nap when your child drops to one. So that's a little bit of a rundown on different ages and the maximum amount of daytime sleep. But yes, there is a max. Sometimes if we do too much, we don't have enough of what we call sleep pressure for the night. So it's important to keep both nights and days in mind in terms of the amount of sleep your baby needs, but actually what might be too much as well. I hope that was helpful. That's the top five for the week. If anyone is embarking on summer weddings, cottages, outings, getaways, I hope you have an amazing time. I hope you can enjoy that time and not stress about your little one's sleep because again, it's probably one day, one weekend, one time that our babies usually surprise us and do just great. And if it is kind of an off one or a tough one, It's one day, one weekend, and we'll come out the other side and we'll try again because we need to do this stuff for our own mental health and make sure we as parents are putting ourselves first sometimes too. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Sleep Cues, the everything baby sleep podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with a mom or dad who might need some rest. Connect with us on Instagram at The Happy Sleep Company and check out our website, thehappysleepcompany.com for loads of blogs, sleep guides, and information about how we work with families one-on-one to get sleep on track.